Okay, um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, May 1st, uh, 2020, and tonight we're discussing a historical fiction novel by uh, Jody Denard called The Midwife's, Re- Midwife's Revolt, and um, I think everybody he- has been here before, but just in case there's anybody who's new, What we usually do is um, I give you a little information about the author, and then Sherry will call on each participant one by one. And um, so everybody has a chance to, you know, just say their their general impressions about the book. Um, So I I was going to just ask if possible, because what happens is that if you go in the beginning and by the time we get to the end of the list of people, because we have a fair number of people, if you give like a whole plot summary and go into all the details about the whole book, there's usually nothing left for anybody to say by the time we get to the end of the list. So if you can, you know, obviously give your impressions, but don't go into extreme detail. Just, you know, just give us sort of a general idea of what you thought about the book, if there's anything in particular that you liked or disliked. Um, that way, everybody will have a chance to, you know, talk, and, and there'll be something left for, for people to say by the time we get to the end. Um, Sherry and I always go last, so please wait until both of us have given our comments, and then what we do is we open it up to everybody and, you know, say whatever you want to say. So let me give you a little information about the author. Um, her name, let's see, her name was Jody Denard. And she's taught writing at Harvard University, MIT, and Emerson College. Uh, She and her husband split their time, probably not now, but in the past, between Boston and the Yorkshire Dales in North England. Um, When she tried to publish tonight's book, The Midwife's Revolt, she was told that there was no market for American historical fiction. So she self-published her novel. Um, it was discovered by an editor from Amazon's Lake Union imprint, and to date, the book has sold, um, and the rest of this book and the rest of the trilogy have sold 250,000 copies. Um, the Midwife's Revolt is the first book in a trilogy. Our Own Country and A More Perfect Union are the second and third novels. Um, she also has written a nonfiction book called The Place Within. Portraits of the American Landscape by 20 Contemporary Writers. And then she has a a new novel, um, which is also historical fiction, but a different topic called A Transcontinental Affair, which was published in November uh, 2019. And I know I looked it up at one point on BARD, and it's either on BARD or it's in process on BARD. Um, but the other two books that she has, I checked on Bookshare, the second and third book in this trilogy, and they're not available on Bookshare. Um, and I'm not, I didn't check Audible, so I don't really know if it's available on Audible. But anyway, let me turn over the discussion now to Sherry. Okay. First, I'll say I'm really surprised it's a trilogy. I'm glad it kind yeah. of wrapped itself up nicely, so but I would read the others. Okay, I'll start calling on people here, and uh, I'm going to start with uh, David. All right. Um, I have not finished the book. I am enjoying it as so far as, uh, as I'm reading it. I have found the midwife to be a fascinating character. I think it's horrible. She loses a poor husband barely into a month of her marriage at, oh, yeah. Breeds, at Breeds Hill, which I guess we knew as the Battle of Bunker Hill, but it was really Breeds Hill. The historic touches are interesting. Their lives certainly were lived very close to their mortality, meaning if somebody got sick, you didn't always know if they were going to be alive within a week. They might not make it. It sounded like childbirth was also... Um, you know, you just didn't know you might not make it. Um, she sounded, she sounded fascinating. Very uh, a woman who could read Latin and Greek at a time when not that many women were educated. And her interactions with Abigail Adams were fascinating as well. I, like I said, I haven't finished it. I find for having been narrated at a NLS regional where the narration can be very unpredictable. This was rather well done. <clears throat> you know, it wasn't so herky jerky. It was relatively well done, and I was pleased about that. I do hope, 
they add the other two books in the in the trilogy. I hope somebody at Perkins is aware of that and is working on it. And I uh, don't have anything else to say yet because, like I said, I haven't finished it. But I do like what I've read so far. Okay, thanks. Um, Deanna? Um, I liked the picture of the lifestyle, um, the details, that kind of thing. I got a little impatient with her <laughs> because being a midwife didn't seem to be enough. You know, she wanted to be a spy. She wanted to do all kinds of things that were not necessarily in her skill set. So that's all I needed to say. Okay. Um, Alan? Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't do well with book groups that end up showing up on the first day of the month. I mean, I, I like the book fine, but I didn't pace myself, and I only got like five and a half hours into it. But I'm, I'm really enjoying the book. I like, I like the character. I really like I'm always fascinated at how, at how our language changes. Why anybody ever called a, a toilet or a restroom the necessary is beyond me, but hey, language does change a lot during the years. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, I haven't gotten to the part of, of her revolt yet, but uh, she seems, I, I, the, the character is very well written, and, and, I, and I, like, I like strong women characters, and she's definitely that. And uh, very, very smart and intelligent, and uh, better than most of the doctors that that I guess were, were that were considered fully qualified doctors during that time period. But uh, yeah, so that's all I have to say for now. Okay, uh, Don. Oh, I I read the book early this month, and I really got went through it right away. So I had to read read it a little bit. I enjoyed the book quite a bit. It, I kind of curious how that. Plot, plot to poison the Adams quartery and stuff, what the historical basis for that is, because, but it made a very interesting story anyway, and uh, generally quite, with that exception, quite realistic and uh, very, very interesting characters. Okay, uh, Joni? Well, I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, when I started it, I didn't know. Um, but then I went back and I reread because what happens is lots of times I'll start a book and I'll fall asleep. And I'll say, oh, this book was so boring. Well, it's because I slept through parts of it. So when I go back and start reading it for real and I'm awake, I I really enjoyed this book, and I found myself um, um, reading. I just kept reading and reading and reading, wanting to know what was happening and what would happen. I'm always interest, interested in midwifery. Um, I guess I had a gra uh, a great grandmother who was a midwife and was quite well known in her area. I don't know too much about her, but I heard that she was extremely good. And um, in those days, women really um, trusted the midwives much more than the doctors because the midwives knew what they were doing and the doctors mostly didn't. Um, so I, I enjoyed the characters. I thought that the book was very well written. Lizzie got herself into a lot of different mm -hmm. situations, and she needed help getting out of them, but she did. She succeeded, and uh, dressing up like a boy and uh, not always appearing to be a boy, but she thought she did. And uh, the whole thing with uh, that she went through with Eliza, who was really oh, yeah, yeah. pretty bad. Um, it was very, uh, it was very big of Lizzie to forgive her and to yeah. For them to start over again, and and um, 
and I enjoyed it, and I, I, I really uh, didn't know if I would like this book, but I really, really enjoyed it and have recommended it to some people already. Oh, that's great. Uh, Joshua? <clears throat> Joshua? Oh, no, sorry. Um, uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. Oh, this, uh, sorry, I got confused with muting and unmuting the audio. Anyway, and I just want to say uh, I agree with a lot what what already has been said by a lot of you. Um, I really enjoyed this book. I mean, this is this is my kind of book. I mean, I, I really enjoy um, I really enjoy uh, histor historical fiction, and uh, I think that publisher was crazy when she tried to publish and the author tried to publish, and they're like, "There's no there's no uh, there's no market for American historical fiction." I'm like, uh, "What's like? Uh, of course there is." <laughs> I mean, it's, I thought it was crazy when when uh, Michelle told said that about the book. But um, I liked it. The narrator was very, very good. Uh, the narrator was was better than I expected because um, I haven't heard many volunteer. Because I've heard volunteer narrated books, and some of them are good. Some of them are really not very good at all. But she did a good job. And uh, like and like Joni Joni said, it was neat to see how the how Lizzie how she grew as a character from. from you know, I mean. You know, from a very young widow to uh, you know, start, you know, becoming a midwife, and how she eventually earned the the, uh, the trust of of the community and especially the women, and how she got friends because of that. And and um, like Joni said, I do agree. It was pretty neat that that she forgave Eliza. And they, I mean, all all three of them, Eliza, Lizzie, and Martha, they, they were all they were all they were they were help help to each other and. I, like I said, I, I enjoyed the book very much. It was it was well written. I thought very good, very well researched. I enjoyed all the uh, um, tidbits when she would say, when she would talk about how um, you know when she when she when she helped deliver the baby. Thought that was very that was very interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely glad. Yeah, I, def I did not know this was a trilogy because it doesn't seem like a trilogy. But if it is, I definitely hope that Perkins will. If they recorded this first one, I hope they'll record the other two because if that's a trilogy, it'd be very, it'd be very, uh, be very interesting to read um, to read those. But yeah, that definitely. Thanks for this recommendation, and I'm and I um, this, um, this one I'll, I'll be I'll be reading this. I, I I would read this book again sometime. That's for sure. Oh, that's great. Okay, Jenny. Jenny, are you on mute? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yes, okay. I, I did like this book. Um, I had some of the issues Joni was having because it's so hot here waking up. A couple of plot points escaped me. I really um, don't want to echo what everyone else said. I do did like the book. And I thought um, there were some special features here for histo historical novels. Um, a lot of times the detail is kind of boring. But I thought most of the detail was kind yeah. of compelling. And I felt like um, all the little details about harvest and everyday life, um, oh, yeah, that, made, was... that was very vivid and not filler at all. And then no. um, what was interesting is that it was a good vehicle. It's been a long time since, since I took American history. I would love to take a class. You know, again, I'm sure there's revived opinions, some things, but, you know, the way they worked in the history in the background, the women were in the foreground. And um, it was... I really got a sense of that time, and like David was saying, what a challenging time it was to live. Um, and uh, I think, you know, I really liked it. I'm going to read it again. And just a couple um, personal note. Um, I know a lady named Abigail Adams, and she actually oh, wow. is a descendant. She is here in La Jolla. Her husband's Tom Carney, and she took kept her name Abigail Adams. And so it's been really interesting uh, wow. just to know her. And she actually looks quite a bit like the original Abigail Adams. Somebody do the math. It's not that long ago, this era in American history. I can't do the math right now. Somebody will. Then, um, not to repeat anything any, anyone said, the revolt of the midwives. There's a lot of ways to look at that. But in a way, all of them rebelled a little bit against the way women were supposed to live of that time. It seems to me like Lizzie was a little bit, um, you know, uh, independent, and um, then uh, Martha and Eliza, you know, Ab actually thought for herself uh, at a certain yeah. point. And they all deviated from what maybe was expected of them. And then um, 
I, a couple things. I'm wondering how historically accurate it was about Abigail Adams, for example, um, or if this was kind of more speculative or almost alternative history. And um, what I thought was really a triumph of this novel was the dialogue, okay? The dialogue, first of all, was of the era, which you often find, you know, in historical novels using contemporary language and that drives me crazy. For example, I'll never forget one historical novel I read where one of the characters said, I'm going to jump on your bones. This was like two or three hundred years ago and I thought, oh, clank clunker. (laughs) But um, basically, I think the language was really good. I can see where she taught writing and it moved along pretty briskly and the plot twists were really good. Someone will reveal um, about the historical accuracy of this. But I did like it, and um, I never would have come across it without the recommendation. So I'm happy to read it, and I'm done. Thank you. Uh, Lodon? Yes. uh, I thought it was a nice book. I gave it about a... uh, I don't know, for some reason, uh, the author just just didn't catch the ambiance of the time for me and the language. I know she tried to make it sound like the language they were speaking back there. But if you actually read uh, some the way they spoke back then, we probably couldn't hardly understand the novel anyway. But I must have went to sleep or something because I didn't understand. Let's see, there was Lizzie uh, and, uh, and um, the girl that came to live with her almost as a servant but became her friend Martha, and her yeah. sister-in-law. Uh, who had the little baby Johnny? There were the three of them. And then the book, in the book, Washington sends uh, them a letter saying what heroes they were. But I couldn't see it. Uh, Lizzie, she tried to be a spy, but was a failure. The, the other girl was the hero. She's the one that killed the, the spies there. The other two women just lived through it. So, Maybe you can tell me why they were all heroes. I thought only one was a hero. Okay, good question. Marsha? Well, I really enjoyed the book. Uh, in fact, I, I did one of those uh, book, book-a-thons. Uh, in fact, last Friday, I, I started it in the afternoon and kept going and going and going. And like I said, I finished it Sunday. Um, I really liked the characters, and I was trying to figure out, and, and somebody, I guess, more or less did fill me in here, um, what, what was the revolt? I mean, to, to me, there was, <laughs> <That's what I laughs> mean. there was really no one, you know, revolt, and I kept waiting and waiting and waiting, but I really, and I really, um, I thought the relationship between especially Martha and Lizzie was um, outstanding. Uh, you know, they had their moments, and uh, when Martha, uh, well, Lizzie, of course, thought that she was a spy for the Loyalists, and it, nothing could have been further from the truth, and she said, uh, you know, she grabbed that knife and cut her hand and and all that. Uh, I, I really, you know, enjoyed their their work. Uh, you know, they worked side by side, but they, they argued, and uh, in the in the winter, when it was cold, they, they shared a bed to keep each other warm. And uh, Eliza, she kind of did an about face, which was good. And, uh, you know, having, having the, uh, the, the baby and everything, um, they, were, they were a family. And, uh, well, I, I, I guess, oh, and I really enjoyed uh, 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 Jody Daynard's uh, notes at the end, you know, when she was tra- talking about her her research and how she tried to make things as authentic as possible. That was wonderful. Um, she put a lot of time and effort into it. And, uh, but, and, and she spoke so eloquently of the language, but it cracked me up a couple of times when uh, uh, Martha got sick one time and, and uh, threw up or whatever. And she said, Oh, I think I'm going to puke. <laughs> it's like, did they, did they say that back then? <laughs> but anyway, that's about all I have to say. Okay. Uh, 617, I'm not sure who that is. I think they're muted too. 
Okay, 617, you want to unmute yourself, and we'll have Liz go, and then you can go. Yeah, hi. Oh, okay. Hi. Um, hi. Sorry, I was trying to unmute myself, and my iPhone wasn't cooperating. Um, my name is Elizabeth. Um, Welcome. So, thank you. Um, I got this recommendation for the book and for the for the club um, meeting um, from a coworker of mine at Perkins Library, and I'm the I'm one of the um, I'm the Braille proofreader there. So that's nice. my affiliation, but. Um, Gosh, a lot of a lot of comments. I really like what all of you have said so far. Um, I would say, David, I loved your phrase, "living so close to morta- to their own mortality." I think that's absolutely on the money. Um, they were they were literally days from any death you could imagine, at least as bad as what we're facing now, mm-hmm. um, in in literal terms. Um, you know, the bloody flux, the the, the typhus, the, you know, you name it, they had it and often they died. And childbirth was certainly one of those things that could very easily kill a woman and a baby or leave the baby and take the woman. So, you know, that, and that, that completely blew up a family when that happened. Um, in, in a lot of, you know, at least in, in the short term when there was no woman working, they worked so hard. I was amazed at all the stuff they had to do especially as three women living alone, essentially with no man to help them with the physical labor. Um, I don't know, you know, it makes me curious about whether Abigail and John were part of a poison plot in terms of whether, I'm not surprised if they weren't. Um, I'm not surprised if they, if, you know, I'm not surprised that they wouldn't have been people that would have been tried that someone would have tried to kill the loyalists would have tried to kill them. So I don't, you know, it doesn't really surprise me that somebody killed the, the would be assassins, but it does surprise me the person that did do it. Um, turned out to be one of the women. Um, I think the, the, the idea of the revolt for me wasn't so much a literal, okay, let's go fight kind of thing. Let's go fight against. It was more, the revolt of classism, the revolt of culture, the revolt of war, and whose side are you on? You know, the revolt of the of the colonists to the loyalists. I mean, they broke every law that the king had in place to protect his colonies. So it seems like there were a lot of revolt themes. Um, I don't know that it was any one thing that would have set them off to fight the way they did, but they, they literally had to fight for life. So I guess that would, in my mind, that was like the first revolt was not sort of not lying down and taking it. You know, they weren't, they weren't trying to live the way that they were expected to. They were breaking out of that mold as much as they could almost um, like almost on purpose. Um, I had to go back and review a few things too. I had to go back and review like chapters 30 through like 38. Cause I, I fallen asleep, even though I really liked the book and I couldn't put it down. Um, I thought the language was more to the times than a lot of other books I've read have been, but I, I would, I would posit that possibly there were some modern slang thrown in at some point. Um, but maybe by accident or, or, you know, I don't, I don't know if they didn't use the word puke, honestly. And the necessary thing that makes sense to me because it was one of those terms that would have been precisely descriptive of that, of that spot, you know, like it had to, you know, it, it, it is interesting what language, how language changes and and that kind of thing too. That's true. Um, but it, it made sense to me. I, I wonder I thought the detail was good. I thought it was it was well placed and not boring. Um, so again, I agree with a lot of what everybody said. I, I really like the book, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking at whatever other resources the other two might be available. I don't really mind using text to speech if I have to, but I thought the narrator did a good job, and I think that's my final comment. Okay, thank you. Thank you, excellent, excellent. thank you, uh, Liz. Hi, I'm sorry I checked in late, so if I repeat stuff that's already been said, I apologize. Um, I, I really enjoyed this book. I love this period of history. Um, I, I loved the relationships that developed. And I, I love to 
have more character-driven books. Um, and, you know, you've got to have plot, too, but I, I really love character development, and I think that that was done really well here. Um, you know, I, I think the book really did accurately portray just how um, precarious life was. Um, and the revolt, for me, really was about them just defying the rules, you know, with, with you know, Lizzie certainly following in her, her mother's footsteps and, you know, refusing to go back home to her family after her husband was killed but stayed on the farm. And Isabel um, having a child with a, with a black man. I mean, you know, they, these, these women were, like, way ahead of themselves. And, you know, um, I thought it was awesome. I think the saddest part of me was when Star died. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow, why did they have to poison that poor horse? And and just for Lizzie, it's not, okay, not only it was the horse, but it was like a connection to her husband. And it just was cruel. There was, it didn't seem to make sense to me why they did that. But um, I love the book and I'm excited that there's a trilogy. I am going to definitely go up and see if, if it's maybe available on Audible or something, because it was, it was very good. Okay, uh, Michelle? Well, um, first of all, I'll just say I'm very gratified that, that many of you like the book, because I've been trying for a long time to find a book about the colonial period that we could do with this group, and I don't know why I had such a difficult time, but somehow I came upon this book, and I just thought, I hope it's good, <laughs> you know, and I'm glad. I'm glad that that many of you have 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 responded favorably to it because I I really liked it also, um, and I do find this particular time period really really interesting. Um, I think Joni mentioned earlier that she likes mid books about midwifery, and I I think I do also. I I like to read about that experience. I like to read about people that are healers, and I found all of that part in the beginning of the book, really, really interesting. Um, and I also found her relationship with Eliza and in fact, all the, the Boylston family kind of interesting too. Um, I, I thought they were very mean to her. <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, at least she kind of worked it out a little bit. Um, one question that I had, and, and I'll be curious to hear what people think after Sherry has a, has a chance to talk, is I found the whole uh, plot with Eliza having um, a child with, uh, with a black man, I, I, I just thought there would be more um, resentment or something against that for the time period. I just thought things went way smoother than I, I would have thought would have happened at that time. I know that they left the country and, and, you know, they went to a place that they thought would be more favorable. But I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more um, hostility, I guess, towards them. And I, I, it sort of made me wonder how common this was. Maybe it's more common than I realized. Um, I didn't think that she was a historian. I thought that she was a, a writing teacher, creative writing teacher. But possibly she has a history degree because I, everything that I read about her said that she did a lot of research and it didn't feel to me at least um, that she did a lot of research and I, I liked the language. I liked the way that she used the language. Maybe it wasn't accurate a hundred percent, but it had a feeling to me of that, that time period. Um, I think my least favorite part was the host spy thing just because it's not something that typically appeals to me I'm just more interested in character relationships and you know the healing part and all that um, but anyway overall I liked it and I'm very gratified that that many of you liked it as well okay well I really liked the book too and as many of you've said I like the relationship between the women the friendships that developed and the family that developed especially the way Eliza changed I thought it was interesting that when um, Lizzie had doubts about Martha being a bad guy spy it started making me wonder too that how was this gonna go with Martha maybe was she a bad guy or was she a good guy and that was really done well and I thought it's to the author's credit that she made Lizzie a really lousy spy because that was more realistic than having her be a crack spy. And so that was good. I liked the ending too, like Marcia said, the afterward where the author talked about how she did her research. And I was especially impressed that she said 
the names of the babies that were delivered in the book were real. And that that's pretty incredible um, attention to detail. And as far as um, slaves or blacks and, and white women having children, it did, definitely did happen even in the South. But you're probably right. It, it There might have been more people to frown on it than we saw, although the people that hung out with Lizzie were pretty liberal. So I guess that's why we didn't see as much of it. But it was nice that that turned out okay, too. Now we can open it up to see what everybody wants to just talk about in general. I have two questions that I like. Maybe you could uh, fill me in on. One was the only hero of the three women, I thought, was Martha, because she killed those two people. She poisoned them. How did she get them to take the poison? And why did they kill Star? I didn't understand. It was just before everything unwound. They were getting ready to get John Evans, but why did they kill the horse? Well, so she couldn't run around. They killed Star because it was vengeance. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. revenge. Revenge, plus it limited her ability to travel around. Right. Yeah. And not to get the guys to take, well, no, not for very long. To get the oh, guys to take It was like the next day or so was the, the John Adams came up board. Well, you're right. It was probably more vengeance than anything. Oh, mm. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Well, how did she get those guys to take the pill, the medicine? Well, I was kind of, well, I was she had access to the just put it in their food. But she was the other midwife assistant, so she had access to the poison. Right. She had and access then to the poison, but she how could, did she, she get was the a guys? servant. She 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 but, was a servant, so she could she could have put it in their food as a servant. It no, would that would have been easy. She for was her. a ser- yeah. she was a servant only only at home, not not Lizzie, where she midwifed. Lizzie took her along when she went to parties at their house when they had uh, dinners and stuff. I think stuff. she probably helped. But I she also assisted in the midwifery, so right. uh, she became Lizzie's assistant. So she had access to the belladonna, and that's what she used as the poison. Because if if too much of that was given, poof, you were gone. They were all they were always being served cider and stuff. So I guess she was able to slip it into that and stuff. So yeah, uh, but but I see your point. Well, I questioned the language. Um, it was discussed tonight, but I also um, thought that there were inconsistencies because sometimes that um, the, the language of the period was used, but it was inconsistent. It was not always, you know, sometimes she had them using... Our ways of speech, well, like the puke, and uh, but other times it was the uh, you know twisting words around. Oh, puke, puke's old English. That's a, uh, it's, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I didn't I didn't know. I thought well, it was. I, I'm sure those words. You read uh, early literature, even Martin Luther. Books they use terrible language. <laughs> they talk differently in the medieval times, and this was still coming out of that. So you, I'm pretty glad that they didn't stick to their early language because it would have been hard to understand. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I really think so too. Yeah, I think if Just, they used that that kind of language, I think we would never have wanted to read the book. So I think yeah, she tried to get a, a sort of a taste of what it was like. Yeah, just enough to possibly- be interesting. Right. Exactly. But she can't really use exact language of that time because it would, we wouldn't want to read it. I, I, I have another question. <laughs> I have another question that was a little mystery to me. Lizzie lived on the, her farm and then she inherited uh, her house back again uh, when they went back to England. So how far away was that? It seemed like it was a long way off. But then she got one time she got a letter saying, and she said, I got to hurry home when she was at the house. And she said, I got to hurry home. And she got a carriage and ran, hurried home. And when she got home, 
they were still cleaning up glass from the front window where they broke it. And I thought, well, I thought that had that house was quite a way off and in, in town. I know. I was confused with that too because for the farm, Cambridge, and the um, uh, Boylston's home. Uh, sometimes it seemed like things were very far from each other, and other times she got there. Um, Pretty or whoever was going wherever, got they got there pretty quickly, and I found it very confusing as to where they were when, and also, I hate to read about the death of animals and stars uh, being killed. Just oh, yeah, me apart. Very, I hate it. Well, isn't isn't, isn't the town of? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You were going to say Braintree's pretty close to Cambridge? Because that's what I was thinking. Well, I was, I was going to say Braintree was actually Quincy. So they called right. it, it yeah. at the end of the book. You find out that Braintree was actually called Braintree back then, but it was actually Quincy. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you figure out how close Quincy is to Cambridge by car, you know, it's Somebody probably what? Well, right. No, you're right. So it's not actually the town of Braintree as we know it. It's, it's Quincy. So if it's Quincy, then you would, I, I, I don't know how long it would take to get there by horse, but, but I would imagine at least a couple of hours. Well, Quincy, was, Massachusetts, also, Quincy, oh, I'm sorry, Alan. Quincy, Massachusetts is 12 miles from Cambridge. Ah, so that's that's definitely doable. Okay, so if you do three or four miles an hour by horse, right? And and one one her house her house was near Boston, wasn't it? I mean, because all all those places are her house was in Cambridge. Her house was in Cambridge. Yeah, her house her house was in Cambridge. Her farm was in Quincy, and her her friends the 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 Abigail and um, Abigail's farm and the Boylston's house were up the road from there, so they were close together. And they're all close to Boston. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned Boston several yeah. times, too. So yeah, they do. That's, yeah. that's all close. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking, too, as far as, like, the, the mail, it's like, man, they must have had one, one heck of a mail delivery system because they were getting letters back and forth from uh, Brain. But they, they, it was probably private messenger that was... It was kind of like DoorDash <laughs> today. That letter got there in a hurry. I was going to say, one of the things that struck me throughout this whole book is, you know, when I think about those times and what a patriarchal society they were living in, it's so interesting to me to see that the way that women were portrayed, because Lizzie and Martha were essentially on their own. And Abigail Adams, although married, you know, with children, her husband was away all the time. I mean, they kept mentioning it throughout throughout the whole book. He was on this mission and he was that mission. So it's so interesting that it's sort of like a double standard because the women really were taking care of everything. At least these three women were. And yet, you know, they had no really no legal rights. They couldn't own property. They couldn't vote. Um, it's it's very interesting because they're so independent and yet they really had so little standing in, in legally in society. So I thought she kind of hinted at that throughout the book and I found that really interesting. By the way, uh, Abigail Adams, she was a really smart lady. It's pretty, she led thousands of letters between her and her husband and, and Thomas Jefferson. She And Thomas Jefferson didn't have a very good opinion of women, but he... They were very good friends. It was outside the scope of this story, I'm sure, because Abigail was at home all the time and and her husband was overseas. But she spent quite a bit of time in France with her husband. Yeah, that's true. She did go over there for a while. That would make a nice novel. Matter (laughs) of fact, she went, there was... uh, In London, I think. Uh, oh, what the hell? I can't say that. Yeah, I think you're right, David, and she was in London. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, who was third, third president of the United States? What Jefferson? Jefferson. Jefferson's uh, girl came over there and stayed w- with uh, John's wife for, for a while before she got up there with Je- Jefferson, you know, and so That's she was right. there quite a while. Sally Hemings. Yeah, Sally you, Hemings. Well, the other. She, oh, go she, ahead. 
they had some quite some relationship. Why don't you go ahead, Elizabeth? Um, oh, oh, sorry, I was going to say the the other interesting thing about the um, the whole thing when you mentioned about women, you're right; they didn't have any legal rights. But the only the only um, what's the word I'm looking for? The only leverage they had was their dowry. So if their dowry was big, that was a good thing because then the men could get all their money. But Eliza forfeited her dowry by having this baby and, you know, her mother rejected her and, and tried to basically steal her back from her son and get her back to her house and, you know, let her, let her son go. Um, that didn't work. But then at the end, toward the end, when Eliza was changing um, personality wise, you know, when she was kind of going oh, you know, she, she sort of, she's like, Oh, my dowry, like, Oh yeah, no big deal anymore. It's gone. You know, and she 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 had no financial leverage anymore for to to, to get anybody if she did want a husband, but she wanted her she wanted her her baby's father, so that didn't matter anymore. And she she forfeited the the uh, you know like like I said she she forfeited that leverage by just being written out of the whole thing, you know, and and yeah. had no you know. I think women. I think women could inherit back then, like Lizzie inherited the house, but if she got married, then the property went to the husband. Would revert to husband, yeah. But she was also, since you mentioned that Elizabeth, she also was very independent too, and that was something that I really I liked the resilience of this story, the way people just, especially especially in today's environments, I like the fact that people Mm. overcame a lot of obstacles and they just kept going and you could just picture them waking up, you know, five thirty in the morning or whatever. Yeah. And getting to work. And well, I just thought, isn't it, that wonderful really that they have that strength and choice. <laughs> it also made me think of the things they had to give up all the time because they were living in a war um, state. They, they had to give up sugar, tea, um, coffee, flour, wheat flour that, you know, they really, they were living on some severe rationing that, that even, I don't even know if World War II was as bad as it got over here. And, um, you know, I'm just saying, like, I think it's interesting how they, they lived on such a sort of almost a sustenance or a subsistence, um, viewpoint like you know whenever they didn't have something they just went without and they were like you said they were Mm -hmm. very resilient so they knew how to they knew how to go without but they knew how to appreciate when they had it too and they shared they were so generous yeah i'll tell you another little thing that i caught there you know when her brother brought home the all the goodies in there in his two bags Mm -hmm. one of them Mm -hmm. was a block of sugar because back then yeah Sugar didn't come granulated uh, like we have it today, you know. It came in blocks, uh, and then you broke yeah. off a little bit of sugar for the sweetener. Right. But in her recipe, she called for powdered sugar to be in the icing. So, Well, I, I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of things that we could do. But, I mean, I, I think it would be interesting to talk about what we kind of got from the story, if there's any Thing that anybody particularly liked if there was a character that they particularly liked or something about it because I think it's when you read historical books if you sit and analyze every last thing <laughs> it's yeah. really you know it's I mean of course you can go through it but I mean I would I would love if people had more of a positive feeling from it because it's it's you know I thought it, overall it was a story of resilience and independence and things like that. I mean, I found the food really interesting because they always were eating things like meat pies and they had a very basic kind of diet, like every time they would talk about it. And when they made that orange cake, it was... Mm. That nobody ate. Right, exactly. But they Chickens did. That. Yeah, the chickens did. Oh, no, that was the spice cake. The chickens ate the spice cake. Oh, They right. did eat the yeah, orange right. cake. Yep, they did eat Yeah, them. they did eat the orange cake. Well, I think that, you know... Um, with World War Two, I think the, I know that in England that the rationing was was extremely severe. That they couldn't get 
a lot of things. But here, too, um, they were under strict rationing. And oh, yeah, we were very strict. We, we raised our own rabbits in a city lot, you know, in a house and chickens and uh, out of a victory garden next door, the whole lot. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, that my mother had a victory garden, too. I don't know now. <laughs> I, I think my mother took me down to the right. I'm talking about 1944 or whatever that then. I think she tried it once. She tried canning stuff, and uh, I think she just did it one year. But they could, you know, if you listen to old-time radio shows, then you find out that um, uh, you needed points for this and points for that and the right color coupons and, uh, yeah. and stamps and... Um, and, like, you could only get one pair of shoes a year, and when you had kids, it got very difficult, and um, it was pretty strict. And my sister I remember found... being taken down to this board to have this lady look at my shoes. My, my mother thought I needed to, I don't know, but we sat in this room, and then she came up to the shoes, okay, and then that was it, you know, but... We didn't do it again, but uh, to get a new new pair of shoes, I guess that we had to get stamps to get the shoes. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean to take it off track. I was just saying how you know how people lived without for you know some pretty like, what we would think is basic stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it was closer to like the Depression era when people were forced to, um, you know, live on what they could grow and what mend. they could make <clears throat> and what they could mend and. Um, it up, wear it out. And, yeah. yeah, and yeah. I've seen that kind of behavior when I was in a Peace Corps because you didn't, they didn't waste anything. Um, you know, a soda can would be turned into an ornament of some kind for the Christmas tree. You know, <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought it was pretty interesting uh, about the book, uh, how they went out to shoot crows. And they made a couple of scarecrows. One was King George and one was, I forgot who the other one was. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that one. Well, I think that, that for one thing, women are more realistic sometimes when they're, when they're forced into difficult situations. They, they are creative and they are realists because this is what is. So how can they... How can I manage? You know, can I? Enjoy the sunshine. You're right. I think one thing I noticed about the book is I did not think the men characters were very well developed. I mean, you got to know them, but the women characters were so strong and you felt so good about them. The men were kind of just simple. I'll get out of there. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. In the postscript, she says she thought we might find it uh, interesting that they fell in love so quickly, but I did not think that uh, because back then and for until our modern times, you know, you just got really a few miles away from home. So you, you fell in love and married the people that were, you were around, maybe within 15 miles of where you live. So that if those people uh, in the story fell in love that quickly, that didn't that did not seem strange to me, given the time they were living in. The other scarecrow was Eliza. I think. Was who? Eliza. Oh really? Right. right. I believe yes, that's true. I think yeah. it was right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. About, I didn't hear what you said about Eliza. Yeah. The other scarecrow, scarecrow was Eliza. Oh yeah. King George. I, I do have one. I do have one question. Does anyone else feel like I felt like the ending and I, I wasn't going to try to give it away, but I, 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 sorry if I do, but I thought the ending was a little too neat in that um, it, it, it left me feeling a little bit frustrated, like a little bit deflated. I like the book so much and, and I, I really do. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the other ones, but I thought the ending was a little bit, you know, the siblings married the siblings. It's too, just a little too tied up, you know? And I thought, well, all right, you know, that's that's how it flies. But I just, I, I don't know what else could have happened. I'm glad that the, um, um, what's his name, Cleverly ended up being a loyalist jerk. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
you know, he, I, I thought he was kind of like a fop anyway, but using one of their words, but I was like, well, okay, mm-hmm. he's gone. And then he's back. And actually what I thought was really cool with him though, was cleverly, he made the, he made the hose with the hole and the, the irrigate, you know, the watering system. Oh, the sprinkler. Yeah. And then he also made the corn syrup, which I thought was. Oh no, cool. that, yeah, was, that, corn was, syrup. That, that was the guy, that was the, the servant at the, at the Cambridge house that did the sugar. Oh, you're oh, right. right. You are right. Yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah, but, yeah. I thought it was uh, interesting that they used the watering system, and that kind of saved their life from starvation because they had mm-hmm. uh, had a, a crop and other people around didn't have. And after, important. afterwards, yeah. uh, they kind of said, oh, that sprinkling system, that was old. Cleverly, throw that over to the side and, <laughs> and use it. Yeah, yeah they, burn. No, they, they let it go. Yeah, this is Jenny, I wanted away. to make... I wanted to make a point. Michelle, when you said, what can we take away from the book? I think um, I think right now where we can't get this grocery store so much, we're a little more resourceful in cooking. But beyond that, the, one of the things that was kind of like um, a wonderful role model was how the, 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 the closeness and the relationships and, you know, how important it is to our survival. I think they mentioned in the book, you know, emotionally and physically to have people that we can develop relationships with, you know, and um, it's just so important in terms of uh, today, you know, people are having to reach out a little bit more to each other if they can. And um, we had some people do some grocery shopping for us because, you know, I have asthma, I don't want to catch the virus and stuff. So I think that was one thing I took away, how close the women were, how how they cherished those bonds and kept them alive. Yeah. And the, the importance of that when somebody was ill, um, you know, people went and helped, even though it might expose them to the illness. Um, they They had a deep concern for each other. So if they had a little bit or something special, they gifted it to a friend in essence because they knew that at some point that friend would be there for them when they needed something. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the interplay of, of female society was, um, you know, when the superficiality of too much is taken away, you get down to the real importance of friendship, of loyalty, of um, making do, of um, just figuring out that I don't have time to complain about this or feel sorry for myself. I've got people counting on me and I've got to get this stuff done because I'm the one that's here and I'm the can do something. So that was was um, I think part of what makes a society strong is when people work together for the betterment of all. Because um, what hello. Hello? Yeah, Hello? I think we lost somebody. I think we lost her. And it's almost yeah. the hour. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to have to leave, so I wonder if we could... Um, okay, I'll tell you guys book. what the next book is. And okay. as they say in Monty Python, and now for something completely different, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to read for June, The Competition by Marsha Clark. And this takes place in present day. It is a, Marcia Clark was one of the prosecutors on the O.J. Simpson trial. And she's a very good writer. And let me get the DB number. Hold on a second. I have it right here. Okay. It's about 13 hours. The DB number is 79718. And I will give you a hint of a preview here. The one thing that I liked about this sort of detective-ish kind of book was there's a strong relationship between two of the women characters, and they both have really nice boyfriends, but neither of them needs to be rescued. Mm. And I appreciated that in a detective story, because so often it seems like... This should be a good book, because Marcia, turns out, 
quite yeah. quite I thought this was good and I don't yeah I thought it was good so hopefully people will like it so it's 79 uh 718 is the db I, number marsha the new book i'm sorry the name the title uh the competition yeah i wish she'd write a new book i've read all her books oh well this will i have to reread it because i don't remember it i just remember i liked it <laughs> i think Jerry, i started checking, it and didn't I'm, finish. I'm checking my mic can you hear me Oh, hi, Bob. Yes. Okay, good. I was on this morning with someone. I could hear them. They couldn't hear me. And I said, I've got to check it out. I have meetings. I, I didn't read this book. I've said, I'm sorry, but I will okay. read Martha Clark. Um, I mean, what's her name? Marsha. I'll read it. Marsha Clark. Clark. How could I forget? Marsha Clark. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, no problem, Bob. And January Lavoy narrates, and she's great. So oh, there you go. She's one of my favorite, favorite narrators. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, I'm sorry. Who's the narrator? Of January, January Lavoy. Oh, she's great. I'm just reading a book by her, "Walk the Wire" by Belle Dauchy. She's very busy. Well, she's all of the women's I'm murder done. club books. Thank you. Is "Walk this the Wire" reader. on board now? Bob, "Walk the Wire" is on Audible. A lot of Okay, so you, you you used a credit. Okay, all right. Yes, I did. <laughs> all right. Okay, I don't want to interrupt you guys, so whatever, go for it. This reader from Perkins, I had a little trouble getting used to her. Um, I didn't like her voice in the beginning, but then I got to like her a lot. So that was um, different. You know, I, I had to up the tone a little bit for her and speed her up just a little bit because yeah in the beginning I found her a little bit draggy and I I hate to say that because she did a fine job reading no problem there but yeah I had to adjust it a little bit but it's just preference yeah, this is this is Joshua that book the competition is is that is, is that part of a series I I thought I thought I thought it was part of a series. Uh, it it, it definitely is a standalone, but whether or not she uses the same detective in other books, I'm not sure. I think it's it's the same character. I think it's the fourth book in the series. The same characters, yeah. Yeah, I believe. I so. definitely and I, I generally do not read books out of order. This one, the plot appealed to me, and I read it, and it definitely stands alone. You won't be confused. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Because I, I, I usually don't. I usually don't like reading books out of. Uh, yeah, me either. Order. Yeah. Really well, if you want, you got a month, Joshua. You could read the <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, really. Go for it. <laughs> well, 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 I've got, I've got some, I've got so many other book clubs that I have to. Yeah. I've got like the other book clubs that I'm a part of. It. Plus, there's a brand, there's a brand new book club. They're having their first meeting, their first ever meeting this month. So I definitely want to, uh, definitely want to be a part of that. We're going to be reading. Little Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste something. Oh, oh yeah. that's oh a great book. What an excellent book. We read that this year, didn't we? That's yeah, supposed to be good. Did. We read it like a year ago. Oh, can can ago. I quick, yeah, that was a good book. Can I quickly mention yes. our ahead, banquet Jody. of books? Sure. Um, for new people and for everybody else, um, I facilitate a group and the uh, name of the book club is Banquet of Books. It's the second Sunday of each month. And this, um, it's May 10th, I think. Mother's it? Day, yep. That sounds right. It's yeah, Mother's yeah. Day. So um, I hope that people can attend it. And what we do in Banquet is um, uh, there's no particular book you can discuss a book that you've read, that you've liked or disliked. I don't want a whole 10-page book report. I don't even want a two-page book report. I just want us to hear a three- to five-minute synopsis of the book. Hopefully, the author, the title, and hopefully where you got it, and if possible, the book number. And uh, it's uh, 5 Eastern on Mother's Day. Hopefully, if you are a mother or have a mother or whatever, uh, you'll have seen her and, and everything. I uh, wanted to, while we had time here, uh, Journey Through History is next Tuesday. Uh, the uh, Lincoln Spies is... Uh, about Civil War, 
So it's another historical novel. I think you enjoy it, even if you getting started on it. Only that's not a novel, is it? That's a. It's a real story, and they're real spies, and they're real. They've yeah. got Alan Pinkerton, and then you got this ex San Francisco vigilante who's a really kind of a scoundrel, works for Stanton, the Secretary of War, and then this lady Elizabeth. Uh, who's the real hero or heroine of the book, uh, uh, runs a spy ring out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, oh, I read that Lou. book, yeah, really good. Yeah, it's a very good... Uh, and it's a short story. book for Don. It's only 19 hours. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I, could, I pass up a lot of books that are a lot longer. <laughs> you did. so long. <laughs> it was a good know. book. I, I thought it was good, Don. I, yeah. And Worlds of Books meets the third Tuesday. It'll be May 19th, and we're doing Magic Hour by Kristen Hanna. So we'd love for you to be there. I almost gave my next book. I'm a month ahead. <laughs> and Novel Ideas meets the third Friday. And we are doing... Um, <laughs> Daybreak. Daybreak. It's a bell appointment. Yeah, the, the, the daybreak. 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 Yeah. Daybreak. Reminds me, I gotta get the thing into. The... Oh, it's just magic hour. It isn't the magic hour, correct? Uh, I, 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 I think. I, I'm not sure if it's got a V in front of or not. But uh, if you put like magic. If you put magic. If you put magic hour in quotes and without the V, I think you'll find it. Oh my God. Yeah. I wish you would change the time for World of Books because. Uh, I probably would come into it, but it's too late. I can't. Well, I wish I had a million dollars, but it's not. Really <laughs> good, so, yeah, so. Well, me too. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't but, have yeah, to be yeah. here. Yeah. I, I feel Alan's pain. When I lived in Central Time, I I liked him. I would have stuck to nine o'clock too. Right, right. Anybody, yeah. mm -hmm. anybody know what the book for novel ideas is? And on, uh, no. on that Friday? Daybreak. 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 Well, I've got to go now. We'll see you. See you. Yeah. Great discussion, folks. Y'all take care. Uh, All right. I will take care, everybody. Does, any, does anybody, Dondi, what time is, is Journey Through History this coming it's Tuesday? A, it's at 5 o'clock, yes. oh, 8 o'clock Eastern time. This, this coming Tuesday, okay. Right. It's coming Tuesday, the Eight first Eastern. Tuesday, yeah. The, Even if you don't um, read the book, it's great. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's very yeah. interesting, yes. Yeah. It, um, and don't forget my banquet. No, we won't. Be refreshments. Okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> <laughs> <here> <laughs> refreshments. <laughs> True. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Good everybody, night. have a good Thanks, one. Okay. Um, I got company. Hello, good evening. Good luck to meeting. Hello, sixteen, seventeen, star, 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 six, five, ever. Hello, stop. Oh, I started to say thanks, Sherry and Michelle. They're gone. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm here. Oh, well, oh, well many. thank you. I remember how to leave. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, I like I like this book. It was, this was definitely a good, definitely a good discussion. Yep. Yep, it was. Okay, guys. Good night. Good night, Johnny. See you later. Oh. I like World of Books. I like worlds of books. I like going to that. That was that was really that was that was really that was really cool. Uh, ele elevator pitch that we did. That was that, that was, was pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my problem is with my my problem is with getting books on my iPhone. I have to wait a few days or maybe even a week or so because all the all the books are downloaded on my I've downloaded so many books on my iPhone. Every every time every time I download a new book on my iPhone, they, they won't play. So I I have to wait until my some kind of time comes around so my books start unlocking themselves and I can actually download a book. And it will play. So I'm, I'm, that's kind of my. Uh, that's well, kind of my issue. Just download less books. Well, well no, <laughs> that, that doesn't matter. They're already they're already there. They're already there, and the books that are on there, 
I can't do any. I can't. I can't do anything until they're until until the books unlock themselves. It doesn't matter oh. if I download any more books or not, because I've downloaded. Uh, you can only download a hundred books a month with Bard Mobile, and if you don't, and if you download any more than that, even though the books are there, they won't play until the net until until a certain day next oh, next month comes around and do a will kind of unlock. Oh, what a some pain. of the books. Wow. Yeah, what a pain. that's the only thing I don't like about the, the, the I like Bard Mobile. I mean, I mean, it's it's very convenient to have so many books on your phone. But the drawback is you have to be careful of how many you get, of how many you get. But but Bard Mobile though is great. Yeah. I, I, I've thought about doing a, uh, I've thought about doing a tech talk presentation about, uh, you know, and and kind of going through very methodically all the diff, all the uh, new features and and exactly how they work because when Don Olson was here last, he he just kind of very he very very briefly mentioned them. He didn't he didn't actually go into detail how they work and there's. <laughs> I mean, the, the really the really nice thing about Bard Mobile is as um, really nice thing about Bard Mobile is as long as you um, as long as if you if you do, if you download an entire series of books on your phone, it is it, it, now now you are now you are able you're now able to go in to go in and um, see all the books in the series. It'll say number of books. It'll give you the give you the number of books in the series, and you can actually see what the books are the correct order to read them in, and then you can just hit the read button. Uh, but by the by, the book you want to start reading, and you can start reading it, and you can just you know go go back. So so that makes it very easy. And um, like I said, I, I, I've definitely learned a lot about uh, about how the program works. I'm just kind of I'm kind of waiting on. I'm not going to download any more books until 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 the phone um, until some of the books unlock themselves. Because there's no point in me. Yeah. Because the more the more books I download, the longer it will take. For other books to unlock themselves, right. so I wait a little bit. That's but smart of you. The yeah. nice yeah. thing with Bard Mobile there now that they've done is that if you're in a, got a series and you want to read the next book in the series or the next book of that uh, author, you can uh, you can uh, subscribe to it, and when it comes, it'll it'll tell you. Oh, well, that's uh, cool. Yeah, you, you, you can you can do that. You can do that on Bard. You can do that with Bard Express as well. You can mm -hmm. do it in the Bard, but it's kind of cool because with Bard Express. I'm subscribed to the series and and, and two or three, two or three nove two or three novellas like fourteen point five or fifteen point five came out and, and, and th th I got an email saying from it said Bard you know such and such book has been added to your wish list so that that way that way that I, I know that I know those I know those books are there and ready to to download when I want which which like I said I think that I think that's uh, I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I'm going to uh, call it a night, guys. So, Joshua yeah, and Ladon, you guys take care. care, and thanks for coming. Okay. So long. You, you take care. You take care too, Sherry. So. Bye. Bye. I leave here.